We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Where would you rather be than right here, right now? The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. The Bills make me wanna The female coach is in Buffalo. Yes. She's been hired as a uh, Caitlin or Catherine or whatever her name is. She's uh, She's been hired as a, this is absurd by the way, uh, she's been hired as a quality control coach. Catherine uh, Smith. Catherine, yeah, she's using an alias, is she? Catherine Smith. Catherine Smith uh, is a quality control assistant special team, which is an entry, a serious entry-level position for the coaching staff. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rock Pub Report. I'm Drew Gear, Buffalo Bills season ticket holder. It's Chris Kruger producing. And that was Kevin Kiley from Sports Radio 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Illustrating to his friend Kevin Carmen what old school male chauvinism sounds like. What? <laughs> what an idiot! Oh, what a loser! That guy, it's 2015. I mean, get with the times. It's okay for a woman to be in football. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, since our last podcast, the Bills announced the hire of the NFL's first full-time female assistant coach, hiring Catherine Smith to be a quality control for a special teams unit. She graduated from St. John's. She was previously a player personnel assistant. She's been an intern for the scouting department. And most recently, was Rex Ryan's administrative assistant. And yet, some clown from Cleveland who is clearly trying to avoid having to talk about his own tire fire of a franchise for a little while, has that take on this situation. A take that was used in 1963. (laughs) But don't worry, guys. That wasn't all. He had far more to say on the subject. I actually have to open a beer for this one. Hit me with it, Chris. A couple of her outstanding... What's a resume? What's a resume? What resume? Did it include shoulder pads? I mean, come on. What are we talking about? What do you mean, did it include shoulder pads? There's guys who coach who never who didn't play at a high level. We've been through this a thousand times. No, we haven't. Not you no, and me. No place for a woman in professional sports 
in football coaching men. Men will not take to it. You now, well. you may, if you have 10 men on special teams, eight of them will be mumbling under their breath. It's counterproductive. You're, put, you're setting her up to fail. It's not her fault. Hey, maybe you it's the idiot the, that hired her. Maybe you want to clear the lines and let everybody get in because, you know. Wow. Just wow. That's spoken like a true asshole. <laughs> and then he kept going. But you just don't take a well, This is the old conversation we had uh, about having a woman vote for the Hall of Fame in football. It's absurd. I mean, you, you do you really want your... Uh, determination whether you make the Hall of Fame in football. Do you want a woman to have a vote on that who's never played the game and doesn't understand? Are you nuts? Half the, the guys who voted for it never actually played the but game. They're guys and that what they the play. What the hell does being a guy have to do with anything? Well, let me ask you something. When you stand next to a woman physically, are you bigger and stronger? Do you have the most? ability do you have the ability the ability to impose your will physically on most people? Now, after listening to all of that, all of it, and just trying to just take it all in, (laughs) first off, I like that he made a point to not only make himself sound like a douche, but also to portray the modern NFL athlete like he's some kind of caveman that's completely incapable of listening to anybody who can't bench press 225 pounds. (laughs) I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet that he's not married. And if he is, she probably beats him. And that's where all of this bitterness comes from. Oh, probably. That guy's an idiot bringing his argument from 1963. Are you kidding me? The guy's a scumbag. <laughs> what? What an idiot. Dude is an what idiot. Get with the times. It's 2015. If it's only... okay for a woman to be in I mean, football. I don't even know why any of this is such a big deal or it's even that noteworthy. It's a, the league hired a female official, and after a week or two, almost everyone forgot about it. She threw her first flag, and the players didn't push her around on the field or, you know, just keep playing the game like it didn't happen and ignore her while they're laughing about it. <laughs> the cue, the rubber, yeah, okay, sweetheart, throw a flag. No. The NFL hired her to a job. She did her job. No one cared. The earth continued to, to rotate on its axis as it always has. And it'll continue to do that. This season, when Catherine Smith is on the sideline coaching our special teams or whatever, whatever a quality control coach does. I just know that there's clearly a higher level of respect for women in sports. I mean, some, there's, there's women who are owners. Martha Ford went into her franchise and cleaned house. And you know what? The team turned around after she did. But this guy would like to have you believe that if you're some albeit frail old woman who owns a football team or some female ref or some female quality control assistant, you don't have any place in the game and that no one should listen to you and that these giant barbarians who who carry around clubs just can't possibly fathom the fact that someone from a different gender is involved with their game. Or in the, fa- the fact that uh, the dude from, I don't even know what, Kevin Kelly, whatever, whatever his stupid name is, Whatever his stupid name is, he ma- makes mention that, you know, it's the Hall of Fame. Do they wear shoulder pads? There are great coaches, in whether it's college or professional, that do not have 
the playing resume and the, the one name that, that came to my mind on that was was Mike Leach who at, at the time when he had Michael Crabtree and Graham Harrell Graham Harrell and they almost went to the national title game that was like his the peak of his coaching career and he had never done anything outside of he never even made pro, whether it's the NFL or the CFL. Never made it at any professional level. And he's one of the top, at the time, one of the top college coaches. If I'm if I am remembering this correctly, Chip Kelly never played football. Andy no. Reid never played football. And pe- people look to Chip Kelly like he's a goddamn innovator. So the, if your argument stems from... Well, she has boobs, and therefore she's not. A, no one should listen to her because it's football and it's a man's game. You should probably be drug out back and beaten with a sock full of oranges. But that's just my opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, this is all a non-issue to me. I, I, I didn't even think about talking about it before Chris brought it to my attention that this yeah, ass hat had an opinion so yeah, stupid. I, I had, had no choice. But I to had to email this. you when you sent me or, or show rundown that you didn't have any of this in it. And I was like, this is our intro to our show because to me it's a hiring idiot. to me it's a hiring i it, yeah to me it's a simple hiring it's a person a person you know it, brought in the other it's, it's on the same level if, as hiring ed reed <laughs> what coaching experience does ed reed have right? what is none he done he he's the he's like the best safety in the nfl in the last 25 years and he's on our coaching staff <laughs> He's on our coaching staff. It's the same level. Catherine Smith has years of coaching experience over Ed Reed. Yeah. But I'm sure if you ask this idiot from Cleveland that Ed Reed's far superior just because he's a man. Like, get with the times. It's okay for a woman to be coaching football. Catherine Smith, good luck to you. All right. Speaking of good luck to people, the Buffalo Bills are going to Honolulu, baby. Now, five months ago, no back, one cares. When, back when we started doing all of this, you know, when we started the podcast, when we started you know, watching the football season, if I had told any of you that the Buffalo Bills were going to have three pro bowlers on a roster and that not a single one of them would be on our defense, you all would have accused me of smoking the kindest bud Colorado has to offer. You're a f- Are you out of your mind? <laughs> and if I had said during training camp that one of our three quarterbacks would be going... You all would have you would have just written me off altogether as as an idiot, and yet here we are. How far do you have to go down before you get to Tyrod Taylor as being a quarterback? Well, let's take a look at how each player got there. We're going to start off with Richie Incognito, the best lineman on our team all year. Long. I alluded to it in our last podcast. Richie Incognito was one of the best guards in football. This season, and he was on the number one rushing offense. So I don't, I didn't understand why he was a snub to begin with. He's a fa- Drew. He's a fantastic blocker, and he's he's fantastic at fondling women. God, yeah. Well, some some people like to have a couple beers, have a good time. Other people maybe aren't so liberal with <laughs> with their behavior in public. What I do know is that Richie Incognito spent a large portion of 2014 watching from the sidelines after that whole bullying thing, you know, the bullying scandal. And then this offseason, with a glaring need of guard, we gave him a second chance, and he responded by putting together a season that landed him. You know, pro Football Focus declared him a first-team All-Pro at left guard. He graded out statistically as the second-best guard in the entire NFL 
the number one left guard, number number two guard in the whole NFL, only behind Marshall Yanda. And Marshall Yanda, he's been he's been at like the top of the league, the upper echelon of guard play in the NFL. Hello, I've never heard of you before. That's because you're an idiot. I don't know who that is. Well, it's because you you, you don't watch the trenches, my friend. It's, that, that's what I'm Plays here for. Plays for the Ravens? Yeah. What have they done? And on all of, throughout the entire season, statistically, they broke down every one of his games, and he only posted two negative grades for the entire season. That's pretty impressive. Then Eric Wood. You'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who was rooting for Cam Newton and the Panthers harder on Sunday than Eric Wood. In an interview on Monday with Chopin the Bulldog on WGR 550, he admitted that he already knew that if the Panthers won, he was going to get the, he was going to get the call and he was going to get to go. And he also knew that Tyrod would be going if Cam Newton couldn't play. Now, he's been a longtime captain, you know, our center for the last what seven years. He was drafted in the first round and was an immediate starter at his position. I would say he's kind of the heart and soul of our football team. <sighs> His play may not always speak to it, but I will say he's definitely a leader in the locker room. And he's been, I wouldn't say that his play has always been impressive. I mean, this year statistically was one of his worst seasons probably. But over the course of his seven-year career, he's been a mainstay for our football team. And he is a leader out there. And so the fact that he's getting the call, some people can debate whether or not they think he deserves it. But I'm happy for him. He definitely deserves it. He's one of the best centers in the game. And I think you've alluded to it before on our podcast where when it comes to the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl is voted by name only and your name and not what you not what you did during the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's been a big part of it. That's the reason DeBrickshaw Ferguson, you asked Kyle Smith over there at AFC East Bros. DeBrickshaw Ferguson has gotten by on his name alone for so long that you know he's not that good his play's declining yet everyone just just sees his name and says oh well i know that that guy that guy was good once he also in his interview a funny anecdote he was watching eric wood was watching that panthers game with ex-buffalo bill brian brom Brahms away. <laughs> Brahms away. For those who remember, he was our quarterback when they played the Atlanta Falcons. He started a game. I was at that game. In 2011. When I cannot tell you, I feel for every Bills fan that lives in an NFC city. <laughs> that is one of the worst feelings because the way of the NFL schedule and how it works out, if you live in an NFC city and you're a Bills fan... The Bills come every eight years. Every eight years. 2009, I'm living in Atlanta, and I the schedule gets released. They're coming between Christmas and New Year's, and you give me Brian Brom? <laughs> That's what I get after for eight waiting eight years famous, to see the Bills? We famously lost that game, but a little-known fact is that Brian Brom, not only was he a former teammate, of Eric Woods playing at Louisville, but he also married a girl from Buffalo, so he's got local ties, and so he comes back to, to hang out with, to hang out with uh, Eric Wood. So it was cool to hear that they were watching the game together and that he was all pumped up about it. And luckily, you know, depending on how this draft for the Pro Bowl goes, he'll have a fair shot at snapping the ball to a familiar ra- familiar face. Everyone, prepare, get your phones out and prepare it because uh, T-Mobile's coming to Honolulu. 
Not since 2002 have the Buffalo Bills had a quarterback appear in the Pro Bowl. To the, who was that? Drew Bledsoe. I was going to say Billy Joe Hobart. We also haven't ever, since that time, we have not had a quarterback even be mentioned as an alternate. So the significance of the fact that the significance of the fact that he was included can't be stated enough. He finished the year as Pro Football Fox Pro Football Focus's tenth rated quarterback. ESPN rated him the seventh best QB rating, and also the seventh in total QBR. And his success wasn't something that anybody could have seen coming. I commend Tyrod's ability this season with the protection of the football. He hardly threw interceptions or turned the ball over. No, and, and you're right about that. He was very good at protecting the football, and I think that's good. I mean, in, in what was a f- essentially his rookie season as a starting quarterback, he showed that he can take care of the football and that he's not going to get sloppy with it. His, you know, if he, you know, I, I think one of the things that he had to learn from was the fact that when his mechanics broke down, trying to sort out whether to run. Or whether to try to extend the play but keep looking downfield to make plays. And you saw it more as the season went on. Yeah, how much of his of his quarterback play this season was do do you base on Greg Roman's ability to call offense to where he's getting the ball to his first read and not having to go to second, third, and fourth, which based on our on our line play this year, which was terrible, where he, he might have had the opportunity to throw picks. Which he didn't do a whole lot of. I think if he was Kyle Orton, he would have spent a lot of time either on his back or on the sideline after throwing an interception. Kyle also, Orton had no mobility. What's even better for his stock is that the, over the last nine weeks, even though we didn't make that jump to the playoffs that everyone wanted to see, over the last nine weeks, the only quarterback and wide receiver combo to put up more yards than Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins were Big Ben and Antonio Brown and Matty Ice and Julio Jones. That's elite company. So the fact that those two are finally building some chemistry, even in games when he couldn't get the ball to his other receivers, I've talked about it, and I'm going to keep talking about it all offseason until he does something to change it. He does not throw the ball over the middle of the field. A part of that, I think, was them coaching him up. They called the game. They called the scheme. They called plays to keep the ball out of the area of the field where most of your interceptions happen. They didn't ask him to do a lot over the middle. But that also limited some of our gameplay, and I think it – it's why people didn't see the season from Clay that they expected. You know, they expected Clay to be a big weapon for us. I think he still can be. I think it's going to depend on Tyrod maturing as a quarterback and learning how to. Th- also, you know, not only learning how to throw over the middle of the field, but also Greg Roman learning how to manipulate the offensive line to open up lanes for him. I think a lot. Drew Brees needs the same thing. His offensive line has learned over the years how to properly open up windows for him to see down the middle of the field because he can't see anything because he's shorter than the offensive lineman. That's a real thing given his height and you know his stature back there. So I think between him and Greg Roman, year two they'll both mature and hopefully we'll see you know, we'll see him start to progress as a passer. I think one of our problems at the receiving core this season was being was having a legitimate number two wide receiver. And we didn't really have that outside of I mean, Percy was injured early in the season mm-hmm. and if you look at it, the most he was used was week one against Indianapolis. Yeah. And what I can say, I, I guess I don't know what I'm happier about. The fact that Tyrod is being recognized, albeit he got there because multiple quarterbacks. I mean, look at all the guys who stepped down. 
it's not like he was a world beater. And I don't mean to get up here and bloviate about how great Tyrod Taylor is, because I'm sure my critics will just shoot me down for this. The fact is a lot of guys bowed out. There was a lot of quarterbacks who probably could have played and just decided not to. No, nobody wants to play in the Pro Bowl. No. Nobody wants to play in the Pro Bowl, but it's a nice honor for the guy, and it is a recognition of the fact that he, he he finished the season really well. So I don't know what's better, that or the fact that that asshat from ESPN, Mark Schlereth, said at the beginning of the season when the Bills were in training camp that they did not have a single NFL-caliber quarterback anywhere on their roster. Tyrod filled that this season. That guy can bite me in the ass. I don't care. The fattest part of my ass. Mark, oh, if you can yeah. hear me. Mark... Screw Mark Schlereth. <laughs> Super Bowl 26. And that stupid haircut of his. Stop gelling your hair. You're like, you're in your 50s now. You're almost 60. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyrod Taylor got himself a trip to Honolulu, but that's only because Cam Newton is taking his Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl. Now, from he's gone, and I'll admit it. I said so on Facebook, and people, again, came out and criticized me because... He's gone from one of the most despised players in college football history. Well, at least as far as I'm concerned, to an NFC champion. For any, for let's lay it out for anybody that has been listening to our podcast. Drew is a huge Alabama football fan, and for those of you that don't know, of I don't follow college football as it. To begin with, but if I'm going to follow college football, the one team that I will follow is the Auburn Tigers, and that is only because my brother graduated from Auburn. It's because he's got extremely poor taste. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) So, Cam Newton came into the league as an immature quarterback. He did. Talked about how he wanted to be an icon and that dominated this year. Dominated. Talk all this talk, and I hated his guts. So it was fun, you know, watching him break all these rookie records and do basically. He broke a rookie record his first game. Like, was it rushing for a quarterback? Watching him break all these records, and then watching him proceed to fall flat on his face the next two seasons. And go through struggles with maturity, struggles with fighting with his teammates, not wanting to put the work in that it took to be a successful quarterback. I was ready to write him off. And then this season, I saw not only what I saw out of him this season that really earned my respect after hating him. I'm a a grown man who's willing to admit that I did a full-on cartwheel in a bar when I saw that he got picked number one overall just because I didn't want to have to buy a Scam Newton jersey. So having said that, he earned my respect this season because he showed me maturity and the ability to go out there undergunned. No Kelvin Benjamin. You've got Devin Funches out there who really struggled as a rookie wide receiver. You don't Devin have- Funches was one of my sleeper picks for fantasy this year. Yeah, everybody who got Bust. on the bandwagon sucked. Bust. So watching him just lead his I mean Jonathan Stewart got injured like halfway through the year and yet he kept that team marching and even when games got tight that Giants game was perfect for me I'd already written off Odell Beckham Jr. as a scumbag I couldn't have been rooting for Carolina harder and when the Giants tied that game with them you know 
two minutes left. Cam Newton, very calmly, he wasn't jumping around. He wasn't, you know, there was no antics to him. He had a very serious look on his face. He walked out onto that field. He let his team down for the game-winning field goal. Like, it was automatic. He became a clutch player, and he became a team guy, and I respect the hell out of him for that. Well, let's uh, let's go back. Let's go back to a game that you were at the Bills Panthers. Bills Panthers. Do you not remember after that game, Carolina was they were they ready to might have they fired were ready to fire Ron Rivera. Rivera yes. They wanted his job. They were one and four. It was understandable, but at the same time, Ron Rivera just kept telling everybody, "Just watch." Just watch. I know what I'm doing, and I will get there. And now, Cam, because of the two of them, Cam Newton is going head-to-head with one of the greatest to ever play the game in Peyton Manning in what is probably his final game as an NFL football player. It's going to make this much must-watch TV. I think I think if we get to the Super Bowl, and, and you know, we'll do our picks uh, later, but, you know, if Denver wins the Super Bowl— you got to think Peyton Manning is hanging it up. Peyton Manning's hanging it up no matter what. Matter of fact, let's get into this now. Let's, let's get into this. Let's preview the Super Bowl. You got the Carolina Panthers coming off back to back playoff wins, you know, that at points seemed like they were just toying with the other team. The number one seed Panthers are rolling because Cam Newton is playing like Superman. I mean, I know he does it in the end zone, but that, I mean, he is playing like he is superhuman. They've scored more points than any other team in the postseason. And even with injuries at their linebacker and running back positions, they're a force. That team still scares the hell who's, out of them. Who is who's the dude, the dude? One of their uh, players on defense broke their arm. Thomas Davis broke his arm, and he's expecting to play. He's torn. He's torn his ACLs three times, I believe. He's torn his ACLs. Now he breaks his arm. The you know two weeks before the the Super Bowl, he already had the surgery done. They rushed it so that he could get into the room, get a plate put in there so that he he thinks he's going to go out there and play. I mean, that's and he is the spiritual leader of that defense. And I'll tell you, they're going to come out flying. Well, what do you what do you look at for for matchup with Carolina's defense with Josh Norman mm-hmm. who, against Emmanuel Sanders? Who's he going against? Well, Keep on going down the list here. I mean, think about it. Here's the pros of the Carolina Panthers. You've got a solid D. You've got Josh Norman, Luke Keekley, Star Lodalele in the middle of that defense. You've got Quan Short. You know, they have a lot of experience on their side. They've got a lot of experienced veteran players. They're, they've been playing at a high level. They've only lost one game all season. Their defense has done very well. They shut out the Seahawks in the first half of that game. They completely just, I mean, they ate the Cardinals offense alive. We were good times for that game. They ate the Cardinals offense alive for for three quarters of that football game. They, they, the Cardinals' offense had no answer for what they were bringing in a pass rushing defense. It was incredible. No, and what did Carson Palmer had, what, four interceptions? He had five total turnovers. Wow. So then they've got good offensive line play. You know, which often can negate the other team's pass rush. You know, them bringing in Michael Orr was a huge boon to that front to, to that front line. When you can play that well at offensive line, and you have the running ability of Cam Newton, you are 
screwed. Well, and that's the that that's the backbreaker right there with the Carolina Panthers. They have Cam Newton, who if he continues to play the way he has been, he's untouchable. He's incredible. He puts on a show every time. Every time you give him the ball, he goes out there and it, he's having fun with it. But it's like nobody can touch him. Would assuming Carolina wins the Super Bowl is. I'm just trying to jog in my memory. Would this be the first Super Bowl winning black quarterback since Doug Williams in 87? No. You got to count the mulatto guys, too. Come on now. I'm My brain's fried. Have you already forgotten about the Seahawks? But before everyone thinks that I'm just <laughs> have some kind of crush or just like it's a giant Carolina Panthers love fest over here. They're not, they've got their warts. You know, they do. I mean, they, they can be beat. It's not like anyone can't. I mean, they don't have a premier receiving threat outside of Greg Olson. This is going to be tough when your best receiver is a tight end. When your best receiver is a tight end and you really have journeyman around him and a rookie who struggled at points during the season. Yeah, that's that's that can be tough depending on what the opposing defense decides to do. Then you've got the injuries. Thomas Davis, as we touched on earlier, Jonathan Stewart's been trying to play through that foot injury, which I mean, at times he looks like he's healed, and then at other times they spell him, and you can tell he's still kind of struggling with it. And that's definitely something you got to keep an eye on. And then there's also the fact that uh, those jerk offs stole the shout song. Yeah, if anyone, uh, I don't know if anyone I, else, I didn't, I did not know that because you didn't watch the game to its conclusion no so they clinch the game everyone's celebrating the stands and they start playing the shout song in their stadium and buffalo rumblings actually did something pretty hilarious they tweeted at the sb nation site for the carolina panthers and said you know i i, I, mean, I can't quote it but to the effect of that's our. We're happy for you and all, but that's our song, and we will fight you. <laughs> to which I, I'm, I didn't know that, and I'm pissed off right now. <laughs> I did not. I did not know that. I'm seriously pissed off that they used that. And then we've got the Denver Broncos. Okay, Peyton Manning is singing his swan song. This is it. And throughout this entire process, the Denver Broncos have still managed to keep climbing through the AFC on the strength of their defense. That's it. That's what's carrying this team. Let's let's stop right there. Is this not the best defense Peyton Manning has had in his entire career? I'll say that. I mean, when they, they knocked out the Patriots simply by disguising their coverages, letting Wade Phillips do what Wade Phillips does. He goes out there. He says to his D-backs, we're going to put you in different spots than anything they've seen on tape. They haven't seen this yet. I've been saving it, and we're going to roll it out there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that he's got some things cooked up for Cam Newton already. And what might be the best pass rushing D line? I mean, all of their guys are penetrators. Every one of them. They can all get after the quarterback. Demarcus oh, Ware, Von Miller, oh, yeah. Derek Wolf. We watched the game together, and there were plays where Demarcus Ware got directly on the snap count mm-hmm. and beat. I was. Who's the Tech Cannon? Vulmer. I think it was Volmer or Cannon. Cannon. There were several plays that we watched together of the Denver Denver's D-line just getting the snap count and beating the tackles. 
it's it was incredible watching them just abuse Tom Brady. I mean, I, I loved it. But any Bills fan loved it. But they rode that all I mean they, they rode it through that game. And it's honestly that same you know, that same type of mentality and that same kind of play is what got them you know, squeaked them past the Steelers when they played a, an extremely subpar game. The pros to rooting for the Denver Broncos, the Peyton Manning effect. The guy might have a subpar arm at this point in his career, but he's still one of the best minds in the game. You can't ever discount what he brings to the field because he's going he's gonna to dissect your defense. He's going to move his guys around. He's going to do things. And then you have to wonder if he's manipulating you not because he sees a better play, but just because he wants to screw you up. I wouldn't say he's the best mind in the game right now. I would put it at he's the best mind ever at the game. Yeah, at quarterback, I don't pre, know. I don't pre know snap. Pre-snap, he will tear apart your defense with his pre-snap adjustments. And then on the flip side of the ball, their defense is one of the best in the league at not only rushing the passer, but also defending the pass. We saw it last week. They they held Gronk in check. They held Edelman in check. That game was predicted to be a blowout, and yet their defense stepped up to the challenge and really kept that offense in the game. You know, they they kept they kept giving them you know the special teams gave them short fields and the defense didn't let New England work their way down the field the way they typically do on most teams. And then you talk about health, Thomas Davis breaking his arm. Well, there was a few injury scares during the Patriots game, but the Broncos are fairly healthy at most of their key positions. I mean, I know that there were some safety questions going out of the game, but it looks like both of their safeties will be able to start. Yeah, T.J. Ward got injured. Yeah, there was. I mean, Chris Harris was playing safety at some points just because they were so thin at the position. But ultimately, they're going to be fairly healthy coming into this game. Now, the cons, you know, <laughs> Peyton Manning's arm. I mean, the lack of a deep passing game. It's going to invite Josh Norman and all, you know, those safeties to just camp in the box and just wait while their pass rush does what their pass rush does and gets after him. Jared Allen may or may not be able to play, but even without him, they still have enough pass rush to really, really get after it. And then on the flip side of that, you've got average to sometimes a below average offensive line play. The offensive line for the Broncos has been a point of concern the whole season. I remember in that game against the Patriots, the last game they played, it, it took one big running play to win the game. But before that, they had a lot of tr- they had some trouble running the football when it really counted when they were trying to get points because they don't get a whole lot of push up front. And against that defensive line with Star Lodalele, Kawan Short, you're not going to get a whole lot of push up the middle. So, oh yeah, plus if you factor in Ron Rivera's coaching and yeah. that he's a defensive coach mm-hmm. with that talent on the D line. I think it hurts the Broncos to have such a poor offensive line playing such a good defense that's been playing at such a high level. So, the keys to victory. The Panthers need to get after Manning, keep him uncomfortable, and stop the rushing attack. That's the that's the key to all of this. The key don't, is to Peyton Manning not having a safety on the first play from scrimmage. The last time Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, he hoisted that MVP trophy. But anybody who knows anything knows that Dominic Rhodes deserved that trophy. Him and Joseph Adai deserved to share that trophy because they're the only two that consistently moved the ball. The Bears did everything they could to take away the pass, but Brian Urlacher by himself wasn't enough to stop their rushing attack, and that's ultimately what won them the football game. 
So if you're the Panthers, you do everything you can to make sure that none of his other pieces around him get open for big plays or find a way to hurt you. Let Manning try to beat you. Let Manning, at this point in his career, with his health the way it is and his arm the way it is, let him be the guy who tries to beat you by himself. Exactly. You got to collapse. As a Panthers, you got to collapse the pocket and get Peyton Manning moving left to right. Because at, what is he, 38? He's got no mobility. None. And then if you're the Broncos and you really want to win the Super Bowl, you got to do a couple things. Okay. First off on defense, keep Cam in the pocket. Jam his wide receivers at the line. There's such a thing. I know that we talk about how good their pass rush is, but sometimes you, you pass rush, but you don't want to lose contain. And sometimes teams lose sight of that. They, you know, The Bills were susceptible to that this season multiple times. Where... You try to blitz the quarterback, but you go after him in such a way that you lose contain on him and he takes off. I mean, how many times did um, ah, the Chiefs, Alex Smith, Alex Smith burned us a handful of times where we just lost. We lost him and he took off for 11 yards on, th- you know, third and nine. He got 11. That's or one of the two. Third and six and he got eight because one we of didn't the, cover him. One of the two to three games that you could account for this season for the Bills that they should have had. Oh, yeah. But so the fact is the Broncos can't get caught in the same trap. You want to pressure Cam and you want to make him feel uncomfortable, but you can't afford to let him get outside the pocket and make plays with his legs. Keep him in there and make him throw the ball because his wide receivers aren't world beaters. On offense, you have to find a way to hit some deep passes. You have to because it's the only way to back off that coverage. That's it. That's going to be if Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders can get loose for a couple big passes, that they should do it early. Back off the coverage just enough to open up their running, you know, throw some running back screens, do some things to keep the defense wide and deep. That might be one of the things that that is the key to the Super Bowl victory because Carolina doesn't have Calvin Benjamin this year. This year, all they have is Greg Olson, and Denver's got Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. That's where the Super Bowl could be won or lost is mm-hmm. at the receiving position for Denver. So, Chris, my question to you is, who do you who do you have? I, it goes to the old saying, defense wins championships. Give me Carolina. I would, I would say give me Carolina in sort of a route. Really? I would, I would say 27 to 14. Well, I, I'm a, I don't know what you want to call it. I guess I'm sentimental. If this is the last time I'm ever going to get to watch Peyton Manning play football, I'm going to go out knowing I was rooting for him. That's it. I think that they're going to squeak this one out. McManus has a leg. I think they're going to they're going to squeak this one out with a field goal. I think it's going to be a. Th- it's the line is three and a half right now. I don't know that they. I don't know that they cover the spread, but. I think the Broncos find a way to win this game. I mean, again, when, when it comes down to the Super Bowl, what was Carolina's thing all year was their defense. Denver's thing all year was their defense. And it comes down to the old adage, defense wins championships. And I'm, I got to go with Carolina. I'd love to see Peyton Manning go out. Like, I really don't care who wins. Mm-hmm. 
But the main reason I'm going with Carolina is because they've never won before. Let me ask you this. What are you willing to wager? Both going to be at the same party. We're yep. both going to be yep. watching it. Yep. So we will. what are you willing to wager? I don't want your money. <laughs> I have no idea. I know you're gonna. I, I know you're gonna be the one at the party that eats most of my wing dip. <laughs> For those who don't know, I lost a bet this NFL season. I have to, you know, I try to. I, I try to show up every year, but there's the event's called Freezing for a reason, and it takes place in Ontario Lake Park in Rochester, this is that New York. Polar plunge or it's whatever. A polar plunge event. You go. Sw- you raise money and you go swimming to support the Special Olympics of New York. Now, I, t- I try to get in on this charity every year that I can. This year, I decided to make a bet with a friend of mine who's a hardcore Giants fan. You know, preseason, you know, maybe three, four growlers of beer in. Decided it was a good idea to bet between myself and myself and my friend who also attends the event that whoever's team lost that game would have to do the polar plunge while wearing a speedo of the winner's choosing. And since we all know how that game played out, penalties, penalties. I, I'm looking to see, I'm looking to salvage something from this year because I'm over one on shame bets. So, Chris, what are you willing to wager? Jeez, I have no. I I make a gentleman's bet. I have. No. I will. I will buy you a Maker's Mark and Coke. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Cause you. Hate that I like makers and marks. I despise the fact that you waste makers mark by weeks. That's what it should be is at this because we'll be watching the Super Bowl together. Mm-hmm. That that's all you should be drinking is makers and coke. I'll kill you if I have to waste my makers mark. I'd rather not. Drink. I'll bring the makers. You bring the coke. So how about that? I have to drink a makers mark and coke, and if I win. You have to drink a highball glass, three shots of Maker's Mark straight. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. All right, done. As long as Flipsky's got done, you all hear extra it. bed that I can <laughs> sleep on. We certainly do, and that actually the extra bed, all of you know, that leads us straight into our next part, which is the Super Bowl party. This is the reason we're all actually here. So I opened it. I, I opened it up to the. Um, the internet, just to get a feeling for what everyone else was doing for the Super Bowl, you know, what they thought the pros and cons and what their, you know, yeah, things the they internet. liked, things they didn't like. Also called America. <laughs> First off, here's a question. Is it better to have the party at your house or at a friend's house? This year, I'm hosting our party. I'm going to be smoking some brisket. We've got people bringing dips and food, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I'm bringing my wing dip, which is amazing. So, Chris, as someone who's visiting, here's the question. Is it better to have the party at your own house, or is it better to go to someone else's house for the Super Bowl? For me, it's way better to go to somebody else's house. Why is that? That's because they, they mostly su- supply the drinks. And the way that I make my chicken wing dip, it's well worth it because my chicken wing dip is the best. So you're saying it's because you don't you get to go somewhere else, they supply the booze and you show up with the wing dip. Correct. Because you can you can say that my wing dip is the best. Let's not forget over the last two weeks we've watched the divisional and championship games with one of your friends. Mr. Bob Kateris. Bob Kateris. Bob Kateris and I 
had a bet about or chicken wing dip, and during the divisional matchups, his wife showed up to Good Times in Depew, and I laid her on the line as far as how I make my wing dip. Do you hear that, and, folks? He's making it sound like they're wagering on his wife. Exactly. And she bowed down to my wing dip the way I described how I make it. For anyone who doesn't know, Chris gets kind of a boner about his dips. He, he takes the, them very it's seriously. the best. I feel you like sometimes get any he, better than my chicken wing dip. I feel like he likes them better than beer, almost as much as the Bills, and almost certainly more than most of the women he's ever met. Exactly. <laughs> That's so, the one thing I've got confidence in. See now, with my chicken wing dip. I'm on the flip side of you because I enjoy throwing the party. Because for me, I don't have to drive anywhere. Okay, I'm a drinker. I don't know if any of you out there have picked that up over the course of this year, but oh yeah, let's I'm not, let's not forget of a drinker. Let's not forget we are doing this podcast directly from our secondary studio, my kitchen, and Drew came over with his own six pack of tall of, boys. of tall boy Labat Blue. I'm chewing my way through. Well, oh god, <laughs> I'm four in. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you're kind foreign. Of, kind of got away from me there. Sorry about that. But in any event, see, that's how it happens. I go from one beer to 19 beers, and then I'll be spraying champagne after after Peyton Manning wins, and I'll just get co- so caught up in the rapture of it all that I'll just be able to stumble 15 feet to my bed. And that's where my night will end, my friend. <laughs> Everyone else has to worry about how they're getting home. See, I won't... I won't. That doesn't really like Matt. Like this is this well. If you figure it costs sixty bucks for a cab ride, I'd rather spend eighty bucks on a brisket and another forty bucks on beer, and just know that I can do it in the comfort of my own home. It's it's a little weird with the way the Super Bowl is for me. With it being Carolina Denver, I'm going to pull for Carolina because they've never won the Super Bowl before. But if Denver happens to win, I'm not going to be that mad, being that this could be. Peyton Manning's last rodeo. Last rodeo. And the way that he his whole career has panned out, it's going to be a fantastic ending to his career. It would be a, it would definitely be an impressive way for him to end. And I want nothing but good things for the man. I mean, he's made watching football fun. He's been a, he's he's been a guy who it's like he and Tom Brady have been like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, and it's been so much fun watching the two of them play that I hate to say this, but not only losing him is going to hurt, but I guess losing Tom Brady, when you think about it, when he finds himself in the same position, it's going to suck because I'm not going to have anyone left to hate. So let's let's enjoy this. You know, Let's take this for what it is. Now, that brings us to our you know, the last part of the Super Bowl preview. And really, it's the most important thing. We opened it up to the internet as far as what are the few things that you just cannot, just cannot have a party without? What are are the things that you can't go to a Super Bowl party unless you have... My friggin' wing dip. Are you kidding me? (laughs) If you don't make my, the chicken wing dip the way I make it, your party sucks. I'm sorry. My wing dip is the absolute best. I don't and know. You, you can't tell just the Cincinnati game. The Cincinnati Bills the Cincinnati game this year. How awesome was my wing dip that I added blue cheese crumbles to it. Guys, well he describes this. I'd just like to point out for all of you that can't see it that 
This is the first time I've seen Chris get loose during a podcast. He's he's probably had about seven shots of whiskey since I've been here, and I don't know him to be much of a drinker. This is fantastic. I love it. Cheers. Yeah, I'm all out of I'm all out of beverage right now. <laughs> all out of beverage. Well, I'll tell you what. My personal favorite is the mini wieners wrapped in crescent roll. Maybe a little bit of cheese tucked inside. We had inside. that on the uh, for the championship game. We did because to me, you can't watch football at home. Now, if you uh, now, don't like them, I got I got I got I cannot. I, get, no, I, I, I gotta, refuse to watch a football game at home if I can't have little wieners. I, gotta, then I might as well be at a bar or sitting in a parking lot somewhere. See, no, I got a bone to pick with your lady there, or maybe it's you that you served the wieners wrapped in a blanket with Weber's mustard on the cap of the Weber's mustard. That was my doing. <laughs> That's the hillbilly in me coming out. Can't hide it. You gotta have... I don't... If you offer me regular mustard, screw you. I want Weber's mustard. All I all I know is I hold a Super Bowl record amongst my friends for downing 58. 58 of the little wieners with crescent roll wrapped around them. Please tell me Well, the Arizona Cardinals just couldn't hang on. I, I was stress eating. Oh, six? Oh, six. When they were just hanging on for dear life, and then Santonio Holmes catches that pass in the back of the end zone with taps the two toes down is to that, win the Super Is that 06? 06. Kurt Warner loses. Is, so th- please tell me that's when you were like 350. Ah, I was probably about 310 at that point. But yeah. That's 50. For anyone who doesn't know, I used to be 348 pounds, and now I cruise around, and I'm, I'm about 5'10 and a half, and now I cruise around at a svelte 250. <laughs> But yes, when I was in my prime, 58, 58, come, I'll say this. If you don't like mini wieners wrapped in crescent roll, you're most likely Do not listen to either, our podcast. You're, you're most likely involved with either old school communism or you're an ISIS recruiter. So either way, depending on how much beer you have on your person, you may or may not be welcome in my home. Chicken wing dip and the pigs in a blanket are the two mainstays for a Super Bowl party. Well, so then... Our friend from the AFC East Bros podcast, Kyle, Kyle Smith, Kyle and Gary Smith, with his own take, and it, I guess it was something I hadn't thought about: multiple bathrooms, <laughs> multiple bathrooms as a party must have. And in fact, if I can read you his tweet, his his quote: "Well, you have one in the basement." Where you live, right? Where you lay your head almost have, every night. I have one in the basement, and then I also, I have one in the basement, and I also have one upstairs. So I guess I fit that criteria. But according to Kyle Smith from AFC East Bros, <laughs> multiple bathrooms. You can't afford to miss part of the game because some other guy is using the john. A restroom is not a party supply. However, it matters, Kyle. And thank God for you. And thank God for my multiple bathrooms. Yeah. Too bad you don't have multiple bathrooms in the basement. No, multiple bathrooms in the basement would be clutch. Although there is that storage room that my girlfriend doesn't use for anything. I'll just pee in there. Give me a year. Give me a year and see what I do with that. And then I think my favorite response came from Reddit user Redditor Dave, who just simply said, Real wings, not B-dubs, none of those super small wings, not the frozen pre-cooked with barbecue sauce already on them crap. 
and not quote unquote buffalo wings. Roll them in Frank's, put them on a plate, and give me some blue cheese. Yeah, or get the hell out of my house. We can do that. <laughs> Living in Buffalo, that's something we could definitely accomplish for our Super Bowl party that we're having uh, next Sunday, the seventh. Next Sunday, the seventh, folks. The Super Bowl. It's going to be great. I just, I really hope we get to see a Broncos win because you're I, pulling for the Broncos. That's I, I can't. I can't. Your prediction. Do you have a specific prediction? Specific prediction, if I had to get into score, I'm going to say it's going to be Broncos 24, Panthers 21. Not 20, 24 to 20, a field goal. Mm-hmm. Field goal game by McManus. I said it earlier. Field goal game from McManus. I'm going to Panthers because... I'd like them to win because they've never won a Super Bowl before in their entire history. I'm going to go Panthers 27-14 to 14 over Denver for their first Super Bowl in the history of America. You make me sad. Before we get out of here, I wanted to touch on something. Now... I just don't feel right about looking too far ahead while there's still football being played. Okay, so we're we're not going to get into our offseason, you know, draft and free agency primers. We're not going to start any of that until next week. However, this week is the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And coaches all over the NFL are lining up to get their first glimpse of some of these draft candidates that are performing in the game. Now, during my research for our draft primer that we're going to get into probably, you know, what, two weeks from now? Yeah. I've come across a few names that you know Bills fans should probably keep an eye on. Kevin Hogan. <laughs> First off, Kevin, Kevin Hogan. Hogan. You need to get used to the name because I'll admit I've got a crush on him, and I'm going to keep bringing him up until you guys make me stop. Coming off a monster win in the Rose Bowl, this, this senior quarterback, he, he was the heir to Andrew Luck. Okay, So it's not fair to ask him to play at that type of a level. He's not that caliber of quarterback. But he's an interesting prospect because <laughs> he's... Six foot four, 224 pounds. He's been described by his coaches and teammates as a very heady player who understands the game and just has found ways to will his team to victories. Watching him play, he kind of reminds me of Big Ben because he moves the he, he moves well for a big man. He's kind of fa- he's faster than he looks. He moves the pocket and then every now and again pulls in Alex Smith and surprises teams with these you know short short 11 12 13 yard runs that kind of catch guys with their pants down now his his accuracy you know his mind for the game they're they're all fair i believe they're coachable critics they don't like his mechanics but i think as a developmental guy someone that you're going to bring in and sit on your bench but maybe he's only a you know maybe he's only a backup but maybe he have, i mean people think he has starter upside I think he'll probably still be available in the third to fourth round, which feels like it would be right in the Buffalo Bills Bills wheelhouse to take a shot at a quarterback in that round. Somebody we can park on the bench and just coach him up and let him go. Now, we'll obviously get to see throughout this week of practice and then his performance this weekend in the game and even the NFL Combine. We'll get to see a, you know, get a better look at him, what he can do, what he can't do, and see if maybe he warrants a look. I, I, believe, I totally believe... Doug Whaley's drafting a quarterback this year. 
mm-hmm. and it's. I think this is one of the better scenarios that we've had where you sit a quarterback while Tyrod Taylor plays, and yep. and he he gets his visual reps. The second the second player, some of you probably already know him, Jeremy Cash out of Duke, strong safety linebacker, cornerback. Jack of all trades. He's the only thing I know about Duke is their head coach was like the off-season coach for Peyton and Eli. It's because you don't watch college football, my friend. I don't watch college football like you do. So Cash is an extremely versatile player. And he might be viewed differently by every single franchise because of that. He's six foot one, he's 225 pounds, and he can play a, a whole variety of different positions. He's listed on paper as a safety, yet during his collegiate career, he only played 2% of his snaps there. Usually, he lines up at an outside linebacker, slot corner, in-the-box, strong safety. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say linebacker? I think we're kind of weak at linebacker, A.J. Tarpley. Any other scrubs? (laughs) Now, his coverage skills, because he didn't play a whole lot of safety, his coverage skills weren't tested that much, but from what they saw, they, they could be limited at times. But his ability to play in the box against running backs and wide receivers was unbelievable. He was he was extremely useful on blitzes, and even at practice this week, there are, coaches are already starting to see his pass rush skills off the edge on a corner blitz, or even playing him as an outside linebacker and just bringing him in off the edge because he's so fast. He's just got good instincts. He takes good angles. He's a guy that seems to just diagnose plays and attack the ball. And to put a guy like that in a box and know that he's fast enough to cover slot receivers. He's a, So at the NFL level, maybe and your slot receivers are usually your smaller, quicker guys. But to know that he could probably play strong safety slash linebacker in the box safety. You can move him around the field. You can blitz him, do different things. Whatever co- whatever team drafts him, their coach is going to get a chess piece that they can move anywhere they want and uh, I know, try that, to make plays. With. I think that's going to be something that plays up. How about we say this now? That's going to that's going to be something that plays up to the Ryan's liking. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw a name into the most you probably don't know. Kid's name is Noah Spence from Eastern Kentucky. He's a defensive end. Now. Spence used to be a star for, you know, star D end, going to Ohio State, and then got a lifetime ban from the Big Ten for failing drug tests not once, but twice for ecstasy. Uh, oh, I, was about to, I was about to go ESPN first take, Stephen A. Smith, lay off the weed. Oh, no, he failed his drug test for ecstasy use. So they banned him for life from the Big Ten, and he had no choice but to go to a small school and play. But he did well. I mean, he played really well against much weaker competition. And this week at practice, just reading the reports that are coming in, I mean, sometimes it's from the sound of things, he seems like he's unblockable at times, which is funny because I've only heard people talk about that, you know, talk like that about players like Aaron Donald. And um, oh, he's good, right? Aaron Donald's kind of good, you know. There was a couple other guys who you know were mentioned kind of in the same vein, and they've all gone on to have pretty productive careers regardless of where they came from. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com has Noah Spence listed as the 31st best prospect in the draft. But after you know knowing what we know now about the NFL and about player conduct policies and about how they're stepping this all this stuff up, 
I'm willing to bet that you know you got guys like Josh Gordon, Johnny Manziel. You've got <laughs> you see all the trouble that these guys get into, all the suspensions. After seeing that he had to be kicked out of a of an entire conference, not just a school, but a conference for his drug use. I'm suspecting that he's going to drop like Randy Gregory did last year. Once teams start looking into his kind of checkered past, and he might be a guy that if the Ryans are feeling balls, he might be there, you know, second round in that kind of range if they're still looking for pass rush help. The one thing that I that irritates me about the Bills when it comes to drafting is when it comes to people that have off the field issues. I can tell you right now, I was one of the one of the people that. During the draft two, three years ago, oh, they Tyron Matthew dropped out of school. Get this kid. While he may have off-field issues, he is a beast on the field. And he's shown that for the Arizona Cardinals. But then you also got to get to know the player because some guys, like Tyron Matthew, can overcome that. Stay, you know, Tyron Matthew went to rehab. You know what happened? He came out. He got himself right. Now he plays football and stays out of trouble. Josh Gordon, on the other hand, got kicked out of football. Declared declared for the supplemental draft. Got drafted. Kept getting into trouble. He's been suspended multiple times. Just can't seem to get his head on straight. Johnny Manziel seems like he's following the same path. There's players out there who just either you either get it or you don't. It comes down to the person. Your history doesn't define you. Manziel sucked to begin with. Anybody I, thought that he was worth Chris, I've done things I'm not pick. proud of. Yeah. Oh, I've done a lot of things. <laughs> so the fact is, is that the past doesn't define you. I just think that you know teams, I mean, we're talking about taking possibly taking Kim Dietschy in the first round. He's oh. a guy. He fell out of a hotel window. We talked about that. The fact is Take that him. your past He's got the talent. You. He's got the, the talent. Time, it's something that GMs have to be aware of. They have to. Because then if it comes back later to bite them in the ass, they can't say, oh, no, we, we, we vouch for this guy. And then he blows up in their faces. In any event, those are just some names that I want you guys to familiarize yourself with because I like them. I'm going to be keeping an eye on them. And I think you should, too. Yep. Senior Bowl this Saturday on NFL Network. Watch it. Specifically for Kevin Hogan. For Kevin Hogan. It's going to be a Kevin Hogan festival up in here. And in closing, if any one of you listeners out there is interested, Nate Burleson's 2009 GMC Yukon that he infamously totaled while trying to save a pair of sliding pizzas off of his passenger seat. Saved one of them. It's for sale on Craigslist right now. $19,999. The former player turned NFL analyst confirmed that the vehicle is in fact his. And can be yours for a cool $19,999. The dude has to be broke if he's selling a totaled car. Well, how, trying to how, pawn it off broke, his memorabilia. how broke can you be if you're selling crap like this on Craigslist? Yet yeah, you're an NFL analyst. On He's on NFL Network, right? He does occasionally show up. I don't think he's a regular. But you, that's still a nice chunk of change to live off of if you're... You know, a, a part-time analyst on NFL Network. Event, if any of you guys are interested, I would get on Google and check that out. We're out of time. Chris is drunk. And we're going to wrap this thing up. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. And this has been the Rock Pile Report. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.